0: Thank you, Brother Brian, for doing a wonderful job leading us in our singing. Thank you to all of you who are here this morning to honor and give praise to God. So happy to see all of you here. Happy to have visitors here in our crowd. If you are visiting with our church family, we thank you. We welcome you. Thank you for being here. Please join us as we continue worshiping the Lord this morning. I'm going to begin this morning by telling you something that I've said quite a bit from the pulpit, but if you don't mind. I'm going to say it again and that is Sunday Sunday is my favorite day Sunday is my favorite day of the week I love Sunday because I get to worship God I get to worship God with the people of God I get to sing with the people of God and give with the people of God and pray with the people of God and remember the Lord's death with the people of God and I get to open up this book right here with the people of God in fact let me begin by just asking you about this book right here do you have this book with you this morning you you, you got a copy of the bible with you this morning if so what kind of bible what kind of bible you have with you this morning you got an old school paper bible like i have with me this morning or do you have your bible on your phone Or on your your tablet, What's what's your favorite translation? What's your favorite translation of the Bible to use? Do you prefer the New American Standard translation like I do? Or do you prefer the old King James translation? Or maybe the New King James. Or maybe the English Standard version of the Bible. All of those translations are wonderful translations that I would highly recommend. But let me ask you this now. How often do you use it? How often do you use your Bible? How often do you read it and study it and meditate on what it has to say? I ask you that because while we do currently live in a culture and society where everybody has access to the Bible and many people say they love the Bible and they value the Bible and they believe the Bible is a sacred book that comes from God, the fact of the matter is few people hardly ever Hardly ever open it up. Few people hardly ever read their Bibles and study their Bibles and really consider what the Bible has to say. I'm reminded of a a religious poll that I read a a few days ago. A, A widely credible religious polling group found that while the average American household has about four paper Bibles in it, only a third of U.S. adults say that they read their Bibles once a week or more. Half of people say they read their Bibles less than twice a year. Only 16% of people say that they read their Bibles most days during the week. And then when it comes to the young people, that is people who are teenagers to about 30 years old, almost 60% of them say, that they read their Bibles less than three times a year, if at all. All of that, all of that, brothers and sisters, is bad. That's all bad. That's devastating. That's very disturbing. In fact, it is no wonder that as Brother Stan said this morning, we live in a society that's a mess right now. It is no wonder that we currently live in a society where fewer and fewer people are acknowledging a belief in God. And the vast majority of people believe in evolution, and they endorse gay marriage and abortion and cohabitation and divorcing your spouse for any reason at all. It is also no wonder that we are currently living in a society where for so many people they struggle with defining what a man is. And what a woman is and why about half of Americans believe that demon possession takes place today and when ghosts exist and that it was Paul and Peter, not Jesus, who gave the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, clearly. Clearly, we live in a biblically illiterate society. Clearly, we live in a society where for the vast majority of people. They don't really value the Bible and take the Bible very seriously. But rather than talk about the people out there, that really is not going to do us any good. I want to talk about you and I want to talk about me. How much do we value the Bible? How much do we value gaining knowledge and developing a worldview that is deeply rooted? And the information that is found in the Bible, I think that's a good question for us to think about based on where we currently are in our series of lessons from 2 Peter chapter 1. For those of you who are members of this congregation, remember as part of our goal to grow to spiritual maturity in 2023, we have devoted ourselves to studying the section of scripture that is found in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. Remember, in that section of scripture, we find some ingredients. We find some spiritual ingredients. We find Peter's inspired spiritual ingredients for growth. Remember, in the month of February, we learned that real spiritual growth begins with diligently solidifying our faith. We have to solidify our faith. And Jesus Christ, and then after we do that, we gotta acquire virtue. We gotta acquire moral excellence, noble character, righteous and godly attributes. And then in addition to that, Peter says, We also gotta get some knowledge. You gotta get some knowledge, gotta get some knowledge from the word of God. That's what Peter is talking about in 2 Peter 1 and in verse number 5. And 2 Peter 1 in verse 5. Peter says to the people of God, now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, you got to put an effort forth, you got to do something, you got to apply all diligence in your faith, supply, connect, supplement, add moral excellence or virtue. And in your moral excellence or virtue, knowledge. When Peter talks about knowledge there, he's not talking about knowledge of world history knowledge of science, knowledge of mathematics or English, well, there's nothing wrong with gaining knowledge of those things. Nothing wrong with that. That's not what Peter's talking about there. He's talking about knowledge from the Bible. He's talking about knowledge that comes from God. He talks about that also in the last chapter. Look at chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Peter 3, verse 18, the last verse of this epistle. Peter says, but grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity amen notice how this letter is book ended with Peter emphasizing how Christians need to acquire knowledge Peter emphasizes that at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book this is a very big deal for the Apostle Peter but the question is why Why is it such a big deal? Why is this something that we need to pursue? Why do we need to supply to our faith, virtue and knowledge? Well, before I tell you why acquiring knowledge is so important to our faith as Christians, let me first tell you why it is not. Let me first suggest to you that we do not need to acquire knowledge. Knowledge is not important so we can be arrogant. So we can be boastful. So we can flaunt our knowledge and receive praise and compliments. And people can look at us and think to themselves, oh, look at how much they know about the Bible. Look at how smart they are. Look at how much Bible knowledge they have. My friends, if we are seeking knowledge from the Bible for those reasons, we need to stop. We need to stop today. We need to stop reading the Bible. Stop studying the Bible. Stop even thinking about the Bible. We need to kill that attitude. We need to bury it in the ground and make sure we never resurrect it. That is not why we need to acquire knowledge. We should never, ever pursue knowledge from the Bible for arrogant, prideful, and selfish reasons. Instead, we need to uh, acquire knowledge from the Bible so we can, well, so we can know God. You want to know God? Want to know Jesus? Want to know the truth about Jesus? Then that's why we need to get the knowledge. And that's what Peter says. When you go back to the verse, 2 Peter 3, verse 18. What does Peter say? Verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of who? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we want the knowledge. We want the knowledge so we can know Jesus. So we can know Jesus as the Lord. So we can know Jesus as the Savior, so we can know Jesus as the Messiah or the Christ. I need to pursue knowledge because I want to know Jesus. I want to know God. In fact, that's what Peter says in chapter 1. Look at chapter 1 in verse 3. 2 Peter 1 in verse 3. Peter says in chapter 1 in verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. Through the true knowledge of him who has called us, who has called us by his own glory and excellence or virtue. That's why I want the knowledge. That's why we want the knowledge. We want to know him. We want to know God. We want to know the son of God. Go in your Bible, please, to the 19th Psalm. Look at the 19th Psalm in your Old Testament. I'm going to Psalm 19, reading the words of David. The man after God's own heart in Psalm, the 19th chapter, beginning with verse number 1. David says this, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are their words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and utterance is to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. The law of the Lord. Now we're talking about the law of the Lord. It's perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. What is David talking about in those verses? Well, simply put, in those verses, David is talking about revelation. He is talking about revelation from God. He is saying that God has revealed himself to mankind in two different ways. The first way is through through nature. It is through the natural world. It's through the creation. It is through all the things that God has made. You see, as we observe the sun and the moon and the stars in this part of the country and the trees and the flowers and all the creatures, God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us about his existence. God is shouting to us loud and clear that I am real and I'm extremely powerful through natural revelation. We're giving the evidence to believe in the existence of God, but it is through special revelation, which is the revelation of scripture, that we learn about God. That we learn about the creator, that we learn about the one who made all things. You're not going to learn about God and who he is by looking at the Sun you're not gonna learn about the character of God and the qualities of God by looking at the stars if you're gonna learn about God you've got to get in the Bible the Bible is the only place that tells you about God in the Bible you learn that God is, is perfectly holy you don't learn that by looking at the Sun In the Bible you learn that God's eternal and he's all-knowing and He's just and He's faithful. He takes no part in sin and He actually cares about us. He actually considers us. He watches over us. He loves us. In fact, He loves us so much that He sent His Son into the world to take on flesh, live as a man, die on a cross, and be raised from the dead. It is only through gaining knowledge from the Bible. That we come to know about God that we come to know about the attributes of God and about what he has accomplished for us and our salvation through his son Jesus Christ we need to pursue knowledge so we can know the truth about God But not only does knowledge help us learn the truth about God it also helps us learn the truth about ourselves the truth about ourselves you see through acquiring knowledge from the Bible we learn that the atheist is wrong. The atheist is wrong. We, our existence didn't happen by chance. We're not some grand cosmic accident. Our existence didn't just sort of just happen out of, out of luck. Instead, we are the product and handiwork of God. The scriptures tell us that God made us. In fact, Genesis 1.27 says... That God made us in his image. God made us special. God made us with attributes that he possesses. He made us with a moral consciousness and with eternity with us and with dominion and authority over the other things that he has made. God made us. We only learned that in the Bible. In fact, not only did God make us, but he gave us expectations. He gave us a a standard. Isn't that what Solomon tells us at the end of Ecclesiastes? Remember that? Ecclesiastes 12 13, the conclusion. When all has been heard, is what? Fear God and you keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person. This is the whole duty of man. Solomon says God has commandments, God has rules, God has guidelines. God has a standard for us. God didn't just put us on this earth and leave us to our own devices and say, just do whatever you want. No, God gave us a standard. In fact, we're going to be judged by that standard. We're going to be judged by the standard of God. Paul makes that point. Remember 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10? You remember that. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Give an account. We've got to give an account for the things we've done in our bodies. Whether those things be good, whether those things be, or whether those things be bad. I'm reminded of what Jesus says in John, the 12th chapter. Look at John, the 12th chapter, please. We read the words of Jesus here, powerful words from Jesus, where Jesus says in John 12 and verse number 48, John 12, verse 48, he who rejects me and has not received my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke it's what will judge him on the last day. The last day there, from my understanding, is a reference to the judgment day. Judgment Day. On Judgment Day, Jesus said the only standard that's going to count is His standard. It's His law. It's His teaching. It is the divine will that He has given us in the Bible. We need to constantly acquire knowledge so we can learn more and more about God. And we can learn more and more about ourselves. In fact, let's just add to this by saying that we need to pursue knowledge so we can know how to please God. You want to please God? I know you want to please God. That's why you're here this morning. And so what does Paul tell us? You, you know this passage, you're familiar with it. 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Timothy three verse sixteen. all scripture. is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. It can apply to your life. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God or woman of God can be perfect, mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul says, through the scriptures that come from God, we learn how to be everything God wants us to be. In fact, go in your Bible, please, to Colossians. Paul makes this point crystal clear in Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse number 9, please. Colossians chapter 1, and in verse number 9, the apostle Paul says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Paul says, I'm praying for you Christians that you get knowledge, knowledge of what? The will of God. You need knowledge of the will of God and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? Verse 10, so that you will walk. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's why we need the knowledge. We need the knowledge so we can know how to walk in a manner that pleases God. We need the knowledge so that we can know how to please the Lord in all respects of life. We need the knowledge so that we can be more than the kind of people who just fill a pew on Sunday, but we can bear fruit every day for the glory of God you see through constant growth and our knowledge and understanding of God's Word we learn God's will we learn God's standard we learn how to please God in every part of our lives we learn how to please God in our hearts which is where it must start And then we learn how to please God in our behavior. And then we learn how to please God in our relationships. We learn how to please God in our marriages. And on our jobs and how we're raising our kids and how we treat other people and conduct ourselves as members of his church. In fact, through the Bible, through knowledge of the Bible, we learn how to become members of the Lord's church. We learn how to worship in the church. In a way that pleases God and honors God and not ourselves we learn what God has to say about divorce and about remarriage and homosexuality and cohabitation and gender identity and these other divisive issues that people are talking about and and arguing about and debating about in our society today when we read our Bibles we learn how to please the Lord we learn how to please the Lord In every part of our lives, and let me just add to that, we're also equipped to defend our faith. We're equipped to defend our faith against false teachers, and there are a lot of them out there. Peter talks about that in 2 Peter 2. But we're not just equipped to defend our faith against the false teachers, the wolves in sheep's clothing. We're also equipped to answer questions, answer questions people have in regards to our faith. And I'm going back to Peter's epistles again, and I'm going to 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, please. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 15, Peter says this to Christians. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Do you want to be be able to do what that verse says? You want to do that? You want to give people an answer for your faith when it comes to people in your job, in your family, in your community. You want to be able to answer questions they may have. You want to be able to tell them why you believe the things you believe. You want to be able to tell them effectively why are you a member of the Church of Christ? What makes the Church of Christ so much different? Why do you believe baptism is necessary for salvation? Why are you not okay with women preachers and women elders and using instruments of music in your worship to God? Why do you take the Lord's Supper every single Sunday? Why do you believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be? Do you want to be able to give people an answer for those kinds of things? If you do, if I do, if we do, then we got to get the knowledge. We gotta grow. We gotta grow in our knowledge because that helps us defend our faith and it also equips us to teach people. We gotta teach people. Every Christian has to be a teacher to some degree. And Paul says that in 2 Timothy chapter 2 to verse 24. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, the apostle Paul says the Lord's bondservant. You wanna be a bondservant of the Lord? Paul says this is for you. The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, not an argumentative kind of person, but be kind to all able to teach patient when wronged. Lord's bond has got to be able to teach. I'm going to what Jesus said in Matthew 28, his final words before he went to heaven to sit at the right hand of God. What did he tell his disciples? Matthew 28 and verse 19, verse 19, go, therefore, And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then you remember what the Apostle Paul said to fathers, people like me, leaders of a household. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, in Ephesians 6 and verse 4, Paul says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline. And the instruction of the Lord, we got to teach. We got to teach so many different kinds of people. It's our duty to teach. As a Christian, it is our duty to teach one another. And to teach the lost. And to teach our kids. And for those of you who have grandkids. And it's even our duty to teach people and continue teaching people after they are initially converted to Christ. The scripture says we have a duty to teach so many different kinds of people, and we're not going to be able to do that unless we are firmly grounded in the truth ourselves. We can't teach somebody or anybody what we don't know ourselves. We need to grow in our knowledge so we can, so we can teach, so we can teach the people God wants us to teach. And let me just also say, let me also say we need to grow in our knowledge so we can increase our faith. God increase our faith. Hebrews eleven verse six. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. As Christians, our faith is the most important thing we possess. It's the most important thing we have. It is is through faith that we come to believe in God and trust God, right? It it is through faith that we're able to please God. It is through faith that we're able to be part of the people of God. It is through faith that that we have confidence and hope that one day God's going to give us a home in heaven. Our faith is the most important thing that we possess as the people of God. And if we're going to grow it, if we're going to strengthen it, if we're going to empower it, then we got to constantly be growing. And our knowledge of the word of God. We got to do what Peter said. We got to add to our faith virtue. And the virtue knowledge. In fact, let's just end this particular part of the sermon by saying that we need to pursue knowledge. So we can grow. So we can grow. So we can mature. So we can develop. So we can, as the days and months and years go by, begin looking more and more like Jesus Christ and more and more the kind of people God wants us to be. Go back to Peter's epistles again and look at 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter uses some interesting language in 1 Peter 2 and verse number 1. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 1, Peter says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit, and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow and respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. Notice how a big part of being a Christian involves being like a baby. You see that? A big part of being a Christian Involves being like a baby. We got to be babies in the sense that we got to always be longing to be fed the word of God like a baby longs to be fed milk. You see, just like babies need milk to grow as Christians, we need the word of God to grow. We got to constantly be consuming the word of God. If we're going to develop and mature and grow. And the way the Lord wants us to grow. Now, there are many other things I could put on this slide. You know it. I know it. But I think you get the point. I think you can you can see where I'm going here. I think you can see that there is tremendous benefit to always pursuing knowledge from the word of God. But let's close with this final question right here. Let's close with the question of how do we do it? Okay, I know the value of it, but I need to know how to do it. I need some practical here. How do we do this? How do we practically add this spiritual ingredient to our lives? Where well, I'm quickly going to give you four or five things very quickly to think about. And then the lesson is going to be over. How do we pursue knowledge as Peter talks about? Well, the first thing we can do is this. The first way we can pursue knowledge is by taking advantage of the numerous group study opportunities in this church. The numerous Group study opportunities in this church, making it a priority to come to Bible classes. Were you at Bible class this morning? Were you at Bible class Wednesday night? You come to Bible classes, you understand that Bible classes offer you a great avenue to grow in your knowledge of the word of God. You understand that? you understand there's only so much you're going to learn in a 35 to 40 minute sermon there's only so much you're going to learn when when a preacher or teacher is up here in the pulpit for 30 or 40 40 minutes but in bible classes you can dig deep into a text you can ask questions you can listen to comments from other christians you can even make comments yourself bible classes provide you with a great opportunity To grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, and so does the weekly Zoom class that we have every Thursday at 7 o'clock, talking about the Bible reading in that every single week. And then you got the monthly lady study that takes place that the sisters are doing, and then you got our gospel meetings, and then you got the upcoming summer Bible series, and then you got our quarterly teen Bible studies that take place at different people's homes every quarter. And then you got the recorded Bible classes on the website. And then you got the step by step videos and then you got the sermons that are on the website. And if that's not enough for you, you know what you could do? You could do this in your own home. How about that? How about starting your own group study? How about stop complaining that why doesn't so and so do a group study in their home and you do one? You open up your home. You open up your home to other Christians so they can come together and grow in their knowledge of the word of God. That could be a way you serve in the kingdom of God. Be a doer, not a complainer. We need to take advantage of the group study opportunities that are all over this church. They're all over the place. But don't just depend on that. Just don't don't just depend on the group study opportunities. Also, make sure you read your Bible and study it every day on your own. Look at Second Timothy, chapter two, and verse 15. I, I like the principle that the Apostle Paul lays down here. And this can be applied to any Christian. Second Timothy 2, 15 says, be diligent to present yourself. Some of your translations say study, study. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. You know, it's one thing to come to Bible classes. That's great. Coming to Bible classes is great. But Bible class only take up two hours out of 168 hour week. The worship assembly. Worship assemblies only take up two hours out of 168 hour week. If we're going to grow properly in the word of God, if we're going to do what Paul is talking about in this verse, we've got to invest more time than that. we got to give the word of God more attention than four hours a week. we got to make sure that we are always carving out time to read and study our Bibles every single day. Seven days a week. Now, that could be for you when you get up in the morning, right before you go to work. That's fine. It could be for you when you're on your lunch break. Or as soon as you get home from work, it could be listening to the Bible read to you as you're driving to work on the 202 or on the 10. It could be carving out time to do your Bible reading right before you go to bed. You see, just like we make time to go to work. And post pictures on social media and play sports and watch sports and do yard work and watch TV. We have to make time for the word of God. We have to make time to do that daily immersion Bible reading. We got to make time to study and prepare for Bible classes. We got to make time to study and, and read the Bible with our kids. We got to make time to dig deep into Bible text on our own. That's how we grow. In fact, something that may can help us with that is investing in a good spiritual library. Go in your Bible, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, remember, Paul told Timothy to study. Make sure you study. Be diligent. And then before he closed this book, in 2 Timothy 4, in verse 13, he told Timothy this. When you come, when you come see me, Paul's in prison at this time. Very soon he's going to die. And he says, when, when you come, bring the cloak, which I left at Troas with carpus and the books, especially the parchments. What is Paul telling us there? Paul is saying he had a library. He had books. Books beyond books of the Bible. He had resources. He had tools that helped him gain understanding. Now, if Paul could have books, if Paul could have a library, you think it's okay for us to have a library today? You think it's okay for for us to have a spiritual library? You think it's okay for us to to, to invest in, in Bible dictionaries? And encyclopedias and Bible class workbooks and maps and even some commentaries that we use with discretion? In fact, when you leave this morning, You go down this hall here and look at the last, look through the last door on your left, you're going to see a library. You're going to see my library. My library that I have spent years and a lot of money building, but it has helped me tremendously in my faith and understanding of the Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a a, a good, spiritual library that you use with discretion and good judgment. Get a good library, but don't you stop there. Make sure you also do some careful listening. You want to grow in your knowledge? Listen carefully to preaching and teaching from the Word of God. You remember, what did Paul tell us in Romans 10:17? Faith comes by hearing, Hearing by the word of God. Paul says, you want to get your faith up? Listen to the word of God. James 1.19, be slow to speak and swift to hear. In that context, he's talking about hearing the word of God. And then in Luke chapter 8 and verse 8, we find Jesus using a repetitive device he uses quite often in his ministry. And that is after telling the parable in that context, after telling the parable of the sower, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. You know what Jesus is telling us? Bible preaching is important. Now, we're living in a culture where so many people are not valuing Bible preaching anymore. They want to just feel good stuff, want to feel good when they come to church. No, Jesus says the whole counsel of God, that's important. Bible preaching is important. Bible teaching is important. Jesus says that it is so important that we need to listen. We need to listen very carefully. Whenever the Bible is being preached and taught, we need to avoid goofing off with our friends in the assembly. We need to avoid playing games and texting on our cell phones. We need to avoid making funny little faces with the little babies in front of us. We need to avoid falling asleep, if we can help it, and zoning out and daydreaming and thinking about how good the menu looks at the Olive Garden after church. We need... To listen. Listening to the Word of God carefully will help us grow in our knowledge and let me close with this. We also need to engage in spiritual conversations. Spiritual conversations especially with the older and seasoned saints among us. Now this is a point that I really want our young people to listen carefully to, okay? For our young people who are here, I want you to know something. I want you to know that one of the great tools you've been given to help you grow in your knowledge and understanding of the word of God are the people in this room. It's the senior saints. It's the seasoned disciples, people who have been serving the Lord for decades and they have so much knowledge and experience that they can share with you. They have fought many battles against the devil. Many of them have been married for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. They've raised children. Some have raised their grandkids. They've read and studied the Bible countless times, and some of them are even leaders in this church. we got so many just wise people, seasoned Christians, senior disciples, and and we would do well. I would do well. We all would do well to constantly seek those people out, and talk to those people. Ask them questions. Engage in spiritual conversations with them. What I just want you to see is this there's no excuses. There's no excuses. There is no excuses for us not doing what Peter says in 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. There is no excuses for us not constantly growing in our knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. We have the tools. We have the resources. We have these things that are given to us. And I want to challenge us to utilize this stuff. I want to challenge us to continue on the journey to get knowledge. I want us to understand that no matter how long we've been serving the Lord, no matter how long we've been Christians, no matter how much we studied the Bible, read the Bible or taught the Bible, we can always learn more. We can always be humble. We can always continue the journey of learning more and more from the word of God. we got to understand that constantly acquiring knowledge, that's a key ingredient for spiritual growth. In fact, not only do we need to get the knowledge, but you remember what James said in James 1 and verse 22? James says we need to do it also, right? It's not enough just to know. We need to know so we can do. We need to apply it, be practical, And so maybe that's what you need to do right now maybe you need to do something maybe you know the the will of god you know what jesus says in mark 16 16. you know that you got to believe the gospel and be baptized if you're going to be saved you know acts 2 and verse 38 you know you need to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins maybe you know that stuff but now it's time for you to act on it it's time for you to be a doer of the word or maybe you're a christian here you're part of god's family But you haven't been a very good Christian. You haven't been using the knowledge of the scripture in your life in the right way. You need to be a doer also. You need to repent. You need to confess your sins to your brothers and sisters in Christ and and ask us to pray with you and and pray for you. James talks about that also. And so if there's someone here this morning who needs to respond, who needs to do and act on what they know to be true so they can be right with the Lord. We're going to invite you to come right now. Let's stand. Let's sing together.